Salem. And Dusty. And you are listening to the Sock Drawer Podcast on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Welcome back to another episode of the Sock Drawer, Podcast. brought to you by Rob. Yes, thank you. We changed your name a little bit, people. Don't you are, confused. You are such a mother. I know. You are such a mother. You you were staring at me like a hawk. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just doing, I'm going through the intro, guys. Welcome to the Sock Drawer Podcast. Podcast. On Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Thank you so much. My name is Salem. I'm Dusty. Dusty the Hawk. And uh, we have a guest uh, with us tonight. Uh, how about you introduce us, my friend? Yeah, everybody. Uh, this is Chris from What's Your and Binge. And Chris, would you like to tell us uh, a little bit about What's Your and Binge? Granted, we've been on it. Yep. But, uh, we haven't told anybody about we it haven't, yet. We haven't told anybody about it yet. So it's why don't not you go uploaded ahead. anywhere okay, yet. Okay, yeah. So... Um, what we do is we talk to uh, other podcasters and celebrities uh, about uh, what they're currently binge watching. Uh, the twist is we don't want to know what the show is that you're going to talk about before we do the interview. So it's more of a discovery piece. We have to ask who, what, when, where, why, and how. And hopefully we're able to guess what the name of the show is. And uh, most of the time we're right. Sometimes we're wrong. That's okay. Um, that just adds to the overall comedy of the, of the deal. But through the magic of editing, my co-host and I, Joe, we come back at having watched the pilot and the majority of the first season, at least. And then we come back and tell everybody what we thought about the show. And we rate it on a scale of one to 10 for watchability. Or sometimes we might just say it's plain, plain dumpster juice and we don't know why the fuck you're watching it to begin with. <laughs> but, uh, that's basically it in a nutshell, man. <laughs> Well, uh, we were uh, we were on your show uh, as the sock drawer as for a yeah. future episode for for a future episode. So I don't, don't know, go looking for it yet, guys. Uploaded yet, but uh, we'll put a link out when it comes out. Yeah, it'll it'll be out when it's out. Uh, I don't know if the sock drawer this episode that we're recording is going to drop first or not. Uh, but uh, oh, it will. You can you can find it. You can find it where wherever Realm of the Mist puts everything. We'll we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Chris, uh, what have you mentioned so far? What's your what's your recent binge? Just uh, uh, so uh, today I just finished up. So at uh, last month we did a voting on our fan group. We have close to a thousand followers between uh, on our social media and everything, and we had a big vote on what retro series they wanted us to binge watch. And we threw out a lot of different examples from MASH. Somehow or another, my co-host and I, we work a reference to MASH in almost every episode because it ran so fucking long. <laughs> so uh, we have MASH, we had Cheers, we had Friends, we had Seinfeld, uh, Charmed, quite a few other shows. Anyways, at the, the final vote was done and it ended up being Cheers that we have to watch. So uh, I ended up, uh, I just finished... Watching that, I wrapped up um, Doomsday Preppers, which was another interview that we had to do. I also wrapped up uh, the new Sabrina, which is an interview I did with uh, Marilyn Gigliotti. Do you, did you guys see Clerks the movie? Uh, I don't recall. No, did you see? but Sabrina, I watched. I binged that. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, Marilyn uh, is one of the stars of Clerks one and two, and also was in. Um, 
uh, Jay and Silent Bob and Jay and Silent Bob the re- reboot, and uh, that was that was her um, that was her binge that she wanted us to watch. So I just got finished with that and Narcos. Those are the most recent ones that I've finished. How was Narcos? Would you or are you going to wait until you? No, I'm, I'm okay talking about uh, what I have to say about it at this point. Uh, I I enjoy the series. I was alive during the '80s, so I remember a lot of this stuff. The nostalgia and everything that they that they weave the story around is really cool. However, I fucking hate subtitles. I'm American. I if it's if I see someone with brown skin, I'm assuming they're talking Mexican. I don't need the subtitles for it. I Oops. fucking hate that. I just Understood. hate that. Understood. <laughs> it, ruins, it ruins the show for you. You know, whenever you're watching something that's set set in Latin America, if someone looks like they have a tan, assume they're speaking in fucking, you know, Spanish. That's cool. I'm cool with that. I don't care one way or the other. But I hate watching a TV show. I, I hate reading a TV show. Right. I'm a bit different. I have trouble uh, hearing. So... Uh, we ha- yeah, you have to have the subtitles for everything just because you can't hear. I think the worst thing I've ever done with my life was work at a call center. Mm. Wait, you <laughs> so did whenever I used to fight your personality, and, whenever I used to fight and wrestle professionally, I ended up having a uh, perforated eardrum, mm-hmm. and affected my earring uh, horribly for a few years. So I understand the painting of having to do the and I think that's why I'm so resistant to it now because I was I was forced to do the subtitles for a long time and now I I just refuse to do it like it's an immediate almost emotional flashback that here I am having to watch these fucking subtitles again it instantly pisses me off (laughs) my uh, my hearing is permanently bad so I'm still shocked you did a call center your personality doesn't do that no I was um desperate (laughs) <laughs> okay that makes sense i was desperate for for work at i can time. just hear no thank you for calling no forget that why are you bothering me yeah no 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 <laughs> i actually did a month worth of training at um god it was a place called sutherland and they're they're essentially a call center and they have a bunch of different places that they're a call center for yes. um and for me it was uh i think it was called lacert it was um it was uh helping people uh, I, uh, CPAs, fucking tax people, helping them oh, yeah. with their yeah. tax programs. Okay, and they need to they need to re up their program. And one of the programs they used was Lacert. And how like long that. did you last after the month of training? Month of training, I did great. I was excellent at it. Okay, I lasted for three days on the phones. Three days. Three days on the phones because okay. I couldn't hear these people. I couldn't hear them on the phones. I had an incredibly difficult time um understanding what they were saying and like right now it's different okay because i'm i'm listening to to chris through a headset um one this headset is a professional headset so the quality is actually good unlike the headsets that we had back at uh, sutherland but two i'm also not sitting there you know thinking that uh chris is going to contact my supervisor at the end of our conversation Oh, don't worry. He takes me off to the side about how supervisor much you hate you. It's how right shitty I am, so I can get <laughs> fired. You know, like that's that's legitimately what happens. They show you videos of it when you're in the training, and so I'm sitting there trying to hear these people. They really don't want dead air. They no. they don't want you to make people repeat themselves. Uh, I, I, 
Remember, I did customer service for 10 years, yeah, answering yeah. over 100 phone calls I a day. I did three days answering, <laughs> I answered maybe 15 calls. I'm okay. so proud of you. Okay, regardless, it was it was more than 15 calls, but it was just shitty and I couldn't hear them. So I had to, I had to leave and I didn't know why I even bothered trying. It was desperation, I guess. I was just desperate. Uh, dumb shit like that. Online sucks. Ish. There's a lot of great things about it. It's a lot of shady things about it. And that's just, just the audio audio version of it is just how yeah. it is. Well well I, I think I can shock Chris. Shock? Yeah, because he's my generation. Okay. And we've always had the Star Wars versus Star Trek, what's better? I okay. actually can answer this now. Well, Chris, you're listening. Go ahead. Okay. What's better? What's better? What's better, Chris? Uh, to me, Star Wars by far. Okay. See, I used to say that, and then I watched The Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Or Skywalker, sorry. Skywalker. <laughs> I can't talk today. It's like a, it's this like is, a Conan Barbarian mashup. <laughs> this, is not the, this is later than I expected to be recording. Hush. Um, at... After I watched that movie, I walked away from Star Wars and I'm embracing Star Trek. It's like a He-Man crossover. Yeah, Picard uh, is is wonderful, and that's Picard how I stand. A good I just binged it. And uh, um, uh, you know, from there's there's two different schools schools of thought, especially with this last trilogy closing. Um, the reason I say Star Wars is better is because, A, I grew up with this one of the first theater experiences I ever had was seeing the movie. I've seen every movie on opening night or opening weekend at the very least. And there's just the romantic attachment of your youth to it. And uh, Star Trek, uh, I've always enjoyed it, but it's always been, you know, a distant second just because of the... Um, uh, the romantic hero portion of, you know, being a Jedi, fighting Darth Vader, all of that stuff. You just don't get that from the Star Trek series. I mean, there are some aspects here and there of kind of of that, but not nearly. It's not the solo um, experience that, you know, Star Trek, it takes the whole fleet. And Star Wars, it takes, you know, one ship and, and a Jedi to make things happen. It's just always been a better series to me for that. No, I, I used to agree with you. Because I grew up, you know, same way, four, five, and six. And then the next three came out, and I'm like, oh, these aren't very good, but I can tolerate. They got good moments. And then this last three, especially the last move, the last one I just watched, it just was such a letdown. I had to walk away. Got Disney-fied. It, it had so much that didn't make sense. Fuck, I never but, even watched them. You, know, you heard me ranting. I heard you. I warned you. We're gonna. I'm gonna rant about it. Hashtag ramble rant. I I've heard a lot about Star Wars. I've read a lot about Star Wars on the internet. I've never really watched Star Wars. I've watched Episode Four. I watched Rogue One, and I watched Solo. And I want all of that time of my life back. <laughs> all of it. I want it back, and I'm not getting it back. <laughs> but when hearing hearing you ramble rant about this last Star Wars episode whatever and this wasn't on the air or anything this is just this is just us talking as people because that's something that happens it was it sounded horrible something about force healing 
and 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 his life is sacrificed to her and then her life for the him and i don't i don't know i don't it's weird it's all weird <laughs> it's all right sam they're trying to pull the old characters into the new thing and they can't just you make new characters that are interesting because they have to rely on the old character i don't know I don't. It's, it's okay. It's all You'll weird. Be all right. It's Disney-fied. That's what Disney does. It's all the same fucking story every time. <clears throat> anyway, uh, <laughs> now you've turned Rudder completely off. I don't know. Is 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 Rudder off? He's probably sitting there going, "Man, this guy's got a bunch of problems." But you know, well, what? no, it, it, I'm just the kind of person that uh, you know, you buy the ticket, you take the ride. You know what you're signing up for. It, and at least sit down one time and watch it and enjoy the experience. Then you could go back and pick it apart afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've just always loved Star Wars enough that I appreciate each movie for its own individual ride. And, and now there are several of the movies I can pick apart all day long. Don't get me wrong. But um, uh, like the first time I go and see it, because I've seen all of them multiple times at the theaters and then I see them at home as well. And, uh, you know, the first time it's always just I just enjoy the experience for what it is. Then later I'll go back and watch it and pick some of the shit apart. But I'm just a Star Wars fan who just enjoys the movie for what it is. And then, uh, you know, then I then I've also read all of the books. So there's a lot of stuff in the new trilogy that actually happened in the books that is considered canon by Lucas. So it's not actually as far fetched as you think it is. Uh, It it is in the. uh, um, the Han Solo series, it's in the Darth Vader series, there's the Skywalker series as well. A lot of the stuff that you saw in, in this movie is actually part of the books, so I, I give them a much a much wider pass than, than you are, Dusty. So basically, I have to read the books to appreciate the movie. Uh, you do. With this one, if you're going to be, like, I think what I have found so far in, you know, critiquing some of this stuff with our show and whatnot, that the older the fan is the more they need to have read the books to really appreciate what's being said in these new movies, because these new movies aren't for me and you, Dusty. These new movies are for the 12 year old next door. They're not for us. So um, just like star Wars wasn't for our parents, they were for us whenever we were kids. So whenever you watch a kid's movie, but you're coming to it as an adult with a critical eye, you can really lose out, on the fun of it, because you're looking at it with a critical eye. That's just, you know. I can see that. Hmm. Well, I guess every movie's going to suck to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I watched I watched uh, Doom Annihilation last night, and that was just not. I, I wanted to dig my eyes out. That's just. You, you suggested it to be the, uh, the show we talk about on the sock drawer, so let's watch this. <laughs> I hate you. We're not talking about it. It's awful. I wanted to get up in the middle and just leave. Instead, the movie that we're going to talk about Which the towards the end is towards not end. that movie. God, no. <laughs> don't watch it. Oh, man, that movie. The games are great. I don't care if the games are great. The, the movie are wonderful. That was a horrible movie. It's right. That that's uh, one of uh, several that have recently gone from game to movie, and and rather other than like Resident Evil, 
there aren't too many of them who have been able to do a good job of going from video game to the movie. Well, this one certainly didn't. I certainly can't think of any that have done a good job. Right? You know, other than a couple of the Resident Evils, there isn't any that have done have done well. But yet they keep trying. They keep Give trying. them kudos for trying. I mean, good, good, good for them, right? Bad for us. We need to. If it says based on a video game, don't watch. We need so. to start doing that. I guess so. I'm just waiting for them to come out with like Minecraft the movie. <laughs> you I know, could, I'd I watch could. it. I'd be oh, a moron wow. and do it. The whole the a whole universe based on blocks and pixels? No way. I could not sit through two hours of that. <laughs> right now it seems like all I'm doing is playing Minecraft for hours and hours and hours because I'm trapped in the house. Yeah. What's it like being trapped? Because I'm not. I, I get to I You're get to essential, go to work. I know. So is Chris. Chris is yeah, essential. Yeah, I get to go out in the world and, and fuck with the people. Uh, I'm not yeah. trapped. Yeah, because his job relates to why you're essential. Chris, what yep. is your job? I don't know your job. I'm a bartender, uh, which means, obviously, I'm not essential at the moment, so I switched over to working at a liquor store, which uh, here in Indiana means you are very essential. Um, uh, and Salem, what do you do, since he probably doesn't know? Well, I work in the warehouse for a beer, liquor, and water distribution place. So Okay, yeah. So you work for... Uh, Working or one of those guys. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I used to be the truck driver, but then I decided that I liked night shift, I guess. And then, uh, well, actually, no. It's the uh, the warehouse guy that we had while I was a trucker was so utterly horrible at his job that I was just talking to my boss. I said, man, anyone can replace this guy. And my boss is like, would you? And I was like, well, you know, I think I'd be able to replace this guy pretty, pretty, pretty decently. He's like, did you start Monday? And I'm like, fuck. He tricked you right into that one, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he went for driving actually, it's, for it's a, how many hours? Uh, it, was, it was anywhere between 12 to 14 hours of driving. From here to Pennsylvania and back. Yep. To work in a warehouse. Yep. Alone. Alone, which is actually, this is a, this is a good job. Good job. In fact, one of the uh, one of the many great things about that job is all of the great stories that you could tell about it, despite the fact that you work alone. <laughs> That's true. It's true. Like this this past week, I dumped a pallet. Oh no! That was great. It was a lot of fun. How, how full <coughs> a pallet? Well, it was. It wasn't exactly a very full pallet, but um, they decided within their infinite wisdom to stack two pallets on top of each other, right? Which is fine. Okay. They, they do that a lot. But in their infinite wisdom, they put the 16-ounce cans, mm-hmm. you know, the ones that come in the six-packs, they, they, they put those on the bottom. And those are weebly-wobbly. <laughs> Very weebly-wobbly. And they put the 24-ounce cans, which are heavier than 16-ounce cans, if you know how to do math, on the top. And so... Using physics and inertia as I'm lifting up the pallets with my forklift and I'm going backwards. And it doesn't matter how slowly I applied the brake so that I can then go from going backwards to going forward. I applied the brake and the 16 ounce cans wobbled a little bit 
too close in my direction, actually, and the pallet dumped towards me. Granted, I'm protected by this big, oh, I was like, you know, forks and forks. Okay, I got worried there for a second. But it was it was a lot of fun. It was an it was an hour and a half of me pissing and moaning, yelling. And, I was mad. And picking up mess. And picking up shit. And the worst part is, is that the the tread on these um, forklifts uh-huh. fucking sucks. Horrible. Yeah, so they're now not I got frozen. Once they get wet, you're over. Yeah, and so you got a bunch of fucking beer just littering the entire floor. Oh, that's great. And you're trying to drive through it because <laughs> you got to go through it to get to the trailer. It's it, it literally as soon as I backed out of the trailer and I it fucking dumped on me. So doesn't happen often. That was the one time that I can think of that was actually really bad. It's happened before, like the pallets dumped, but it's just a couple couple of cases are sliding forward and I gotta push them back into place, whatever. But this is the entire fucking pallet just And the wow. worst part is is that it was a double stacked pallet. So I had to take everything off the top pallet and then remove that pallet and then fix the pallet on the bottom. Everything on the top pallet was fine. The twenty four ounce cases were fine. Well then we can switch over to Chris's perspective. He's in the liquor store. Okay. How bad is it for you to get the stuff delivered to you? Uh, well, here in Indiana, uh, we're kind of spoiled where the delivery driver has to put up all the stock. Oh, that is different. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not how they do it here in New York. Uh, when I delivered to liquor stores, I would just drop off the product, get the signature or the money, however... And uh, and leave. You know, it's it's the, the responsibility of the liquor store employees to put away their product. Now there are places like gas stations that I had to put the product away for them, and there are other places where we actually have somebody who is hired as a merchandiser to put product away, but uh, not for liquor stores. But then again, for liquor stores, we only drop off maybe five cases at a time. It's not like it was too bad. Yeah, at our liquor stores, we get anywhere from 150 to 300 cases dropped off at one time. Is it all from, does all of your stuff come from one? No, I, I actually have three different deliveries a week. Uh, two different beer deliveries. Uh, both of them are in that range, you know, 100 to 300 cases. And then okay. the other delivery is just liquor. And uh, now those 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 boxes they just kind of they they bring them in and and drop them off and right. we put everything out. But with the beer, there's just so much that comes in. I mean, it's not like I can stop handling with customers to put up all the beer. So, so. your your store sells beer and liquor at the same time. Yeah, that's neat. Okay, because in New York it's actually illegal to do that. You get you get a choice either one or the other. You can't do both. You have to do either liquor or beer. Yeah, we can do both with cigarettes. With cigarettes. Oh, see, that you can't do that at all. No. No, you can do beer and cigarettes. You can do liquor on its own. But you can't do a combination of the three. See how states are different. States are so weird. Like New York, you can't sell mead unless it's literally just mead. If it's just mead that you're selling, have at it. If you're trying to combine it with any other liquor, nope. Can't do it. It's it's so weird because a lot of this stuff is is related to what they call old blue book laws, 
you know, you're 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 kind of being mandated on how to do things from laws that were written in the 1920s and 40s and shit like that. Um, yeah, and and every state is wildly different. Um, like we used to not be able to sell beer on Sunday, and so everybody would drive across the bridge to either Kentucky or Illinois, depending on where you live, to go get your Sunday beers. And uh, it wasn't until last year they passed the law to allow Sunday beer sales at liquor stores. So. It's like and our then friend in, in uh, Pennsylvania can't even have alcohol at all now. All the alcohol is shut down. Well, that's that's really? COVID. Yeah, because their liquor stores are government owned, and it's not deemed essential in Pennsylvania. So mm. there's no alcohol sales in Pennsylvania. Even if you go to Walmart, they're not supposed. There is no alcohol at Walmart. You can only get alcohol at an at a government mm. uh, run business in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I used to live. Most Walmarts have wall to wall liquor. Ours do too. Yeah, our our Walmarts here in here in New York have have liquor and and beer that you can get uh, from the aisle. Uh, but in Pennsylvania, it wasn't the case. When so I lived so there. right now they're going crazy because there's no alcohol. Yeah, it's like prohibition, which huh. is which is fucked. Well, we are in the twenties. <laughs> that's not funny. It's not funny. I don't appreciate that. Did you ever cook that ham? Oh, yes. I'm supposed to talk about that because Anthem told me I have to. Okay, so I'll do Anthem a favor, talk about the ham. And do me a favor, talk about the ham. Well, i got to explain to Chris about the ham. Oh, okay, go ahead. Salem got a ham at work. Mm-hmm. A big ham. Big old Sugardale. And I have kids, so he gave it to me. Because I'm not going to eat a whole ham by myself. I've never cooked a whole ham in my life. I can never afford that. It's always been ham steaks. So I went to a friend of mine who does a huge Easter spread and said, how do you cook this darn thing? And three hours later, we had a glazed No ham. juicy details or anything. Nope. Three hours later, folks. That's all you get. <laughs> what? Fuck Fine. you, I I'm took, dusty. I took honey. I grabbed a ham. I talked to a sugar. friend three hours later. Ham. Fine. That's essentially honey. the uh, the extent of it, yeah. <laughs> I took honey, brown sugar, cinnamon, like something else, I can't remember. <laughs> Put it together, had to nuke it because it was too thick, basted the darn thing, covered it in tinfoil, put it in for an hour and 40 minutes, now we know. pulled it out, basted it again, now we know the process. put it back in. Now my, my water, my mouth is watering, mouth is watering. Okay. And it came out. Perfect. Came out perfect. Well, we've been good. eating ham now for three days. If you, you ever get another whole ham to cook, let me know. I have a fantastic recipe that isn't the Christmas or Easter spread um, standard. It's a little mm-hmm. bit different. If you like it, if you like your food to be a little bit spicier, but uh, I have a, a really good uh, ham recipe that my wife insists I make for every Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because we do the whole spread. We do the big spread for Thanksgiving and Easter and all that stuff, too. And I'm the one who does all the cooking. Um, so I, I've got real good recipes for ham if you don't want to have the standard glazed ham. Yeah, this is the first one I've ever had because my family was always poor. So growing up for Easter, it would just be a ham steak, you know. Right. So this was a new thing for me. Well, that's well, cool. You're, you're welcome. Thank you for the ham. Yeah. I don't. I don't celebrate holidays. I'm a single guy, <laughs> no kids. 
So I just uh, I just am. I exist. I don't go to family. Year old daughter and and a huge extended family because of friends. We we all look at it like friends are the family that you get to choose. So we have a huge extended family based on that. So that's why we do the big deal because everybody else within our crew, you know, they're all single. They have distant family or not, no family to speak of or family that they don't want to be around for whatever reason. So we do Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and all that stuff. We do that together with, with our friends. So that's, nice. that's why we do, we do such a big spread. And, and like every Thanksgiving, I probably sp- I spend an exorbitant amount of money every Thanksgiving for no particular reason other than the fact I like to cook it all. Me and my best friend, my co-host for the show, we have done Thanksgiving, everybody, for, I think, until he moved to Arizona last year. We did it 17 years straight, and every year the spread got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's nice. We haven't had a big Thanksgiving in a long time since my parents have been getting sicker. Like this year... Mom actually went in for a pacemaker and got out on Thanksgiving Day. So we, Dad and I went to Denny's and, and got to-go meals for the kids and them because we didn't even know Mom was coming home until they said, okay, she can go home. So life's different now. And now it's really it's a good thing she got to come home. That's awesome. It is. I miss them. I haven't seen them in a month, this, this quarantine. But anyway, that's sad. Let's not talk sad. Why don't we talk happy? You got anything happy there, Dusty? Because you're the one depressing the fuck out of us. Yes, actually. My doctor's appointment is online next week. What do you mean online? Like, um... I remember having a conversation with you earlier this week, Dusty, whenever I said, I bet you don't go to the doctor's office. And you said, oh, yeah, I will. Well, I I did last week and the week before. Uh-huh. But the next one coming up is going to be virtual. And you know what's great about that? There's no scale to stand on. They're going to ask you for your weight. Do I have to tell them? No, just tell them don't you don't have a scale. There we go. Tell them you don't have a scale. I mean, you do have a scale. I see it right there. I can see that it's dusty and, and hardly used. My apartment's too small. Just throw <laughs> that out there. Technically, but no, I'm I, actually looking forward to not having to go through that quarantine tent and the security guards and all that jazz. Uh-huh. It, it'll be nice to just stay home and you see the webcam. I was so, so shocked last week to hear that you live in New York and that you were going to the hospital with the way everything is just because, you know, New York is one of the epicenters of where the big yeah, blow up is happening, you know, and, and I was just like. There's no fucking way you're going to the doctor. <laughs> well, it's, to, to be fair, it's not a hospital. It's a medical center for, you know, neurologists and specialists. Right. The center of but, people that are probably sick. Yeah, and, and you have to worry so much about all the other caregivers because they're getting this huge virus overload. If they're on the front lines, well, if one of those people have to make a delivery to your place that isn't a standard hospital, it's more of a care center. Well, then, you know, you don't know for sure if everything's been contaminated or not. So, I mean, it has to get to a point where they have to refuse people coming just so they can make sure everything, the, you know, the whole point of the quarantine working is is nobody spreading germs in other places. And and they found that, you know, that, that that thing is living for up to 17 days on metal and plastic surfaces. 
those boats that they quarantined that all those passengers came in from uh, Italy and on those China cruises and all that stuff, they went back and they redid, retested all of them. And they're still finding that the virus is living on there. And this has been almost a month. So, you know, I mean, they have to be, you know, especially someone who's in a critical care situation or someone who's, you know, extremely at risk. Um, they have to take every precaution possible. You know, if we're going to follow the quarantine through, we're going to see it through until it, until it really works. They have to take those measures, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad they are because it was a little nerve wracking. I mean, grant you, they sterilized everything I touched before I touched it. After I touched it, they followed me around. I had a security guard that was mine. But it is nerve wracking knowing that I'm high risk and yeah. I'm in that situation. Yeah, I would be scared to death for you in that situation for sure. Yeah, not gonna not gonna be that guy, but uh, I thought we we had mentioned breaking away from the depressing. <gasps> yes, yes, we did. This episode of the sock drawer brought to you by the epicenter of COVID nineteen. We may or may not see you next week. Da 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 da. Oh, stop. <laughs> just just saying. Hey, some people are enjoying this, like my kids are, until Monday when I break their hearts. In what way, shape, or form? Well, for the last month, they've had no school. And they didn't have anything online either because half of our district is too poor for internet or computers, that kind of thing. Okay. Somebody, I don't know who, came through and got a bunch of hot spots and tablets for the poor families that couldn't have it. Okay. So school goes live Monday online. They actually have to log in and attend. Well, that's that's great. So, so how does it work? You know, be at first, but I bet they'll be excited by the time it's all over with. Because now it's a digital interface. It's the, uh, um, you know, the um, simulated classroom kind of a deal. Like kids will take to that. They won't be bummed out about it as much as you're worried about. I bet. Because I mentioned that the possibility to my teenage son, and he's like, "But my gaming group has to meetings on Monday." I'm like, "No, it doesn't." Not anymore. So, but the I the my daughter's excited, but she's also younger. Yeah. She's in sixth grade, so they they've been doing little virtual meetings already through Google Classroom, where they just sit down and talk to their friends and the teachers and didn't do anything. Now they're going to actually be learning. The son, he's in high school. He he's like, I don't wanna. <laughs> Yeah, that's expected for a high schooler. But the younger kids, they'll take to it like like it's the best thing ever. So, you know, they'll probably, whenever it comes time for school year next year, late September, whenever you guys go back, they'll be like, why can't we do it like we did during COVID? That's probably what you'll hear. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Today's Salem observation is brought to you by the fact that, uh, unfortunately, we're an audio podcast, but... <laughs> But every time you talk about your children uh-huh. and every time you say something that, say, your child has said, mm-hmm. the face you make is bad or good? It's just bad. <laughs> I don't I can't describe it. It's like scrunchy. And you, you, you put your voice up a couple of octaves because apparently you're trying to imitate a child's voice, which doesn't you don't need to. You don't have to imitate your child's voice. It's okay. I, it's Just use your own voice. <laughs> it's not intentional. It's not intentional. That's mommy lingo, man. Get used to it. That's oh, just man. the way moms are. 
I'm not, I'm not, I don't need to get, uh, I guess I got to get used to it. Yeah, you, you're, you are 100% a mother. I always <laughs> hope so. I've got two kids. Just like, no, 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 no. There's, there's a, a person who's had kids and then there's like the mom personality. Okay. You sit very, very healthily at that mom personality. You know how there's a Karen personality that I want to talk to the manager personality with that yes. certain haircut style and those big ass sunglasses? Uh-huh. Yeah. You're not that. You're the mom personality. I don't think that's bad. No, nothing bad about saying, that at all. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that. Drink your water. I'll talk to Chris. We can drink my far, water. Far worse is the Karen personality. That's the uh, bane of every bartender's existence. Oh my god! Uh, can I have a Tito's and water? And I need three limes. Why the fuck do you need three limes? So they actually That's... do do that to you? Oh God, it's horrible. Like they Karens like... really exist, and they really do that shit. Oh yeah, they like well, having a lime graveyard. Well, what's the worst customer you ever had? Uh, I did a um, bachelorette party, and obviously a, mo- a woman was getting remarried. In the entire bachelorette party, I had 22 Karens in oh, one party. Oh, and no. uh-huh. it was uh, – now, they had fun with me and everything because uh, I'm, I'm a big guy and, and all this other stuff, and they were playing these bachelorette party games like get a bald guy to put his – head on your tits or whatever or uh, have a bald guy carry you around or whatever so i fit the bill for a lot of these games that they were doing unfortunately so they oh, had no. fun with me but man it was a wear out session from hell because not only do i have this party of 22 that i'm dealing with i'm also behind the bar dealing with everybody else they're just sitting in the section that the bartender takes care of at this very high volume bar and club that i work at and uh yeah, they were uh, they were absolute hell because the drunker they got, the more Karen they got, oh, no. and the more Karen they got, the uh, uh, the cuteness wore off very quickly. Trust me, it was uh, that Did was. Did they at least tip well? Oh yeah, I mean I I got tipped tipped really well off of it and uh, got phone numbers and all that good stuff, which doesn't do me any good anymore because I'm I'm married, but. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, it, it all in all, it wasn't bad. But at the end of the day, having to deal with I got my Karen fix for the day. Let's just put it like that. Being a bartender. It sounds like you got it for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, it was a moment. I think the only thing that could have made that worse was if there was a karaoke machine nearby. Thank God for that karaoke. <laughs> I will uh, drink another case of beer and shoot myself if another person sings. That's what karaoke means. <laughs> <laughs> so, which do you prefer, the liquor store or bartending? Oh, bartending by far. All the action, all the people, the money's quick. I could go in. My shift is Thursday through Saturday night. And again, I work at a very, very high volume place. Uh, and we're talking the kind of place that it's no problem to run $50,000 on a Friday night kind of place. Oh. And uh, so I work Thursday through Saturday night, three days a week, basically 20 hours. And I come home with $1,000 or more. And that's it. Real nice. So that gives me a whole lot of time to do what I love doing, which is the podcasting and everything. And um, uh, now with the liquor store, you know, working 45 hours and to make, you know, 400 bucks. And then not only that, do I have customers, they know I'm a bartender because it's in a neighborhood that I live in. 
they pick they're they're pointing out bottles and they're like oh how can i make a drink with that and i'm like uh that that falls under the category of gts google that shit i am not gonna fucking tell you how to make drinks while you're buying the liquor from it go home and look it up yeah no i would i would not ask a bartender how to make the drink that i'm drinking well i mean my my drink of choice is literally just like a jack and coke i know how to make a jack and coke Right. But like, but dealing with the public as a liquor store employee versus a bartender is two entirely different things. Bartender, you can run a lot on personality, have conversations with people, tell them to fuck off if they're getting out of hand, you know, whatever, all of this stuff. Liquor store, it's just, you know, they walk up, hey, can I get this? And or will you get me that or whatever? And it's just it's. It's not my cup of tea, but the pay on it is far more than what you'll get as a bartender on unemployment right now, because a, a bartender in Indiana only makes two thirty-five an hour. Everything is yeah. tips. That's so, insane. Well, I've, I've got some friends that are complaining about that because their waitresses over down here at the different bars, mm-hmm. and they can't make enough to live on unemployment. Same thing. Yeah, there's no, and, and, there's and, nothing and, for them. New York's scale is far more than what it is in Indiana, or at least it is in New York City. Uh, uh, but because uh, um, uh, I'm part of the bartenders union, and so I talk to people all across the country about, you know, how it works in California, or how it works in Georgia, how it works in New York, and how it works at well, the beach resorts and all of that other shit. So we got to remember, New York City is a different beast. It's like totally. our bars in this area. You say. 50,000 in one night, they're lucky if they pull that down in a couple months. We're small. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, but we're small. Yeah, we're we're small. But I would say a couple of months. All I know is and that my friends that are waitresses, they can't survive. They've got three kids and not enough money coming in. And and bartenders are one of the only breeds of workers uh, in the nation where it's not an exception to the rule. It is the rule like all of us just as a matter of course, all have a second job or a third job. Like it's, it's, it's almost very typical to talk to a bartender and then find out the bar t- bartending thing isn't the only gig. Um, you know, like I work at uh, the radio station and I do, I do some sales as well. And so, uh, you know, I have a couple of things going on along with the podcast. So um, like for some, some tables or some groups, I'm an interesting part of the conversation just because they want to hear what's going on in Chris's world this past week because they all know that I do all this different shit. So, um, yeah, anyways. Probably should have gotten to that. Probably should have asked Chris what's going on in his week. (laughs) You know, we we have you here. (sighs) I don't know. This this past week was... was uh i i, I had actually coming up on movie time yeah i i had uh i had four days off because of good friday um so i really didn't get around to much because i like to stay home or either stay home or, or come here when i gotta you know record uh but i just kind of watched movies and stuff but i didn't i didn't watch movies that i haven't seen before i watched i rewatched stuff you know well, well, in, in the- our- in our house, we are uh, Wiccan, uh, which means uh, Good Friday through Easter. We refer to it as Happy Zombie Observation Day. Right. Um, yes. uh, but uh, 
<laughs> but we still celebrate with the friends and the kids. You never want to, you never want to jade them one way or the other. Let them figure it out on their own. So we've always observed for our daughter because her friends do. We didn't want her to feel weird or whatever. But now that she's old enough, like she doesn't observe it either. She feels the same way about it that we do. But we never pushed any of that one way or the other on her, you know. But uh, yeah, we've always called it Zombie Observation Day. <laughs> well, well, the movie we're going to discuss this week because we tend to review one because we can't do alcohol right now because it's uh-huh. hard for us to go get. Um, Salem had me watch a movie that he loves and I've never seen, and it's old, but you'll know it. Go ahead, Salem. What'd you make me watch? Yep. Uh, so apparently, Dusty had never watched the Shawshank Redemption. Nope. Really. Yeah. Nope. I, ne- I don't that's know how, of, uh, but it. That's one of the saw. very best adaptations of a Sting- Stephen King movie there's ever been done. Yeah, hundred percent. That might be probably why I didn't watch it. Stephen King, I automatically associate with horror. I don't watch horror, and I didn't know it wasn't horror. Yeah, I, I was going to say that you have no culture, but I also refuse to watch rom coms. So. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I actually did enjoy. Well, yeah, that was that was actually one of the questions that you had for me because because I was like, all right, I'm gonna pull this up for you, and you're like, but isn't this horror? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Do some homework. Come on. Like it'll it literally tells you. Like Netflix tells you what the, the, the fucking what it is. It's a drama. Oh no! Look at I that. I never looked at it. God. It was, but it anyway, how do you feel about Shawshank? Shank Chris. Uh, Andy Dufresne was my friend. I love uh, Shawshank Redemption. Um, uh, you get to see Morgan Freeman really show off a lot of his uh, a lot of his scope. Uh, you get to see uh, Tony Robbins, of course, who um, became a real powerhouse after Jacob's Ladder, another horror movie. Um, but he really came into his own after Bull Durham doing Jacob's Ladder, and then coming into this movie. He was able to play an aloof uh, aristocrat in a very rough, uh, rough yard of people, and he does go through some scary things. If you if you look at the movie at, at a topical level, there is some horror in in there where he has to yes. deal with the uh, three sisters raping him every day, or the fact that uh, you've got a few old men who are really demented and they're keeping pet mice in their their pockets really shows the horror of being alone and being locked up in a prison and the way that the guards treated them. Uh, you know, uh, a couple of the inmates were killed by the guards. A couple of inmates were killed by other inmates. You know, I mean, there's a lot of horror at a topical level of it, but at mm-hmm. the end okay. of the day, it, it, it is the drama uh, that, that gets you, uh, gets you through it. But um Definitely a very good movie. I believe it was uh, nominated for three Oscars, and it did win a couple of SAGs, and um, uh, definitely uh, well-deserved. Morgan Freeman was nominated at the Oscars, and so was uh, Tony Robbins as well. And uh, uh, Tim Robbins. Sorry, Tim Robbins, my bad. Um, that's where my co-host Joe comes in. He's way better with the names and I'm better with all of these stats on everything. But, uh, uh, but Tim Robbins received a nomination as well for the supporting and then the screen adaptation of the Stephen King original story received a nomination. If I'm, if I'm correct on that, I don't know if it was an Oscar nomination 
or a SAG nomination, but the screenplay itself uh, was uh, given a nomination as well. And uh, just just a really in-depth look at the soul, how you're able to endure such a storm, endure all of these tragedies and all of these terrors, and come out on the other side and find a way to still be human again. The redemption of Red getting released and hooking back up with his friend at the end of the movie. And uh, Andy Dufresne going through everything that he did. And uh, composing the plan to be able to escape on the night of the thunderstorm. And, and stick it to the warden at the same time. Just, uh, uh, just an incredibly good ride and uh, really well written dialogue. It's a very dialogue driven movie. There's no special effects or action so to speak. And uh, just the screenplay and and the direction and production of the movie was uh, all done very well. I think it's by far the best Stephen King adaptation for a movie that's that's ever been done. Beats the fuck out of it. Well, I don't. As I said, I don't do horror because modern horror seems to be just throw gore at the screen and and don't be scary. Mm-hmm. So I, I I didn't watch this because I thought it was that kind of thing. No. My bad. Now I want the book. Right. Now I, I want to see what the book is. Because I really enjoy book, see, seeing yeah. how people yeah. think and why they do what they do. I, I didn't hear Chris. If you if you read the book, you'll see where the horror story of Stephen King actually comes in and, and some of the stuff they left out just so the storytelling could really take front seat. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, the book is very, very good as well. I'm putting it on my wish list. My birthday's coming. I think I read somewhere that uh, Tim Robbins actually uh, wanted to be put into solitary confinement for a bit. Um, He's a huge method actor, and I, uh, that that's a true story. He wanted to do that so that way he could get in touch with what Andy Dufresne was really going through. Yeah, yeah. that's that's true. Because in the movie, Andy spent what it was it was it was two months and three weeks total of solitary confinement yes. throughout his uh, throughout his twenty years. In, uh, he got a 60-day bit on one of them, actually. Uh, one yeah. of them was two months by itself. No, no, no. It was, no, it was, it it was, was a month and then... Well, yeah, it was two months yeah. in total, yeah. He, he got yeah. thrown in for a month, and then the warden was like, fuck you, here's another Stay month. Stay in there another month. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, yeah. just a horrible thing to do to another person. and uh, Big time. Uh, the fact that he was able to come out of it with his mind intact and formulate the plan... And none of his friends in the yard were none the wiser of what was going on. Uh, just, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, in the past 25 years, it's probably one of the 10, maybe, maybe 15 most influential Oscar-nominated movies uh, that have been done. Uh, just because of the storytelling and the, and the scope and power of the story uh as far as oscar nominated movies it's probably one of the 15 most important that's been done in the past 25 30 years yet it was a box office fail absolutely yeah that that, that, usually that's the way it works though the really good movies are yeah it's developed much more of a cult following after its box office release it's become way more appreciated since uh than it ever was while it was in the theaters well, I'm glad it has because I never would have had a chance to watch it if Netflix hadn't had it. I think we have time um, for the other 
movie that I had you Not really. Watch. We only have nine minutes left. Oh. I want to do that one justice. Okay. All right. That can wait till next week. And then that can wait till next week. I tell you what, we're uh, we're we're coming down on the time. Uh, Chris. Yeah. Why don't you uh, Why don't you let us know where where uh, we can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can email us directly at what's your effing binge at gmail.com. You could go to our website what's your effing binge um.com you can also find us on facebook at what's your f and bins there's three different pages dedicated to our show uh along with my public page of christopher s rudder and then you can also find us under what's your f and binge on instagram twitter linkedin and tiktok um uh, you can also reach us through hashtagging dumpster juice or hashtag f and binge uh any comment made with those hashtags in it uh come back to us and uh, that's basically it. Now I got I got to ask you how how long have you been known as uh, what's Jeff and Binge? Um, maybe close to a year. That's cool. Like and that. yet you have all that media ready. We are behind. Yeah, no, nah, we're, we're fucking. Then well, yeah, we've we, only it, on episode twenty one. We, we so. did an obscene amount of research, and um, I sent I spent. A lot of money learning uh, from so, some social media professionals how to set up all of your social media so that way all of your media works together and all that good stuff. But we did an obscene amount of research to make sure that our show was truly one of a kind. The name wasn't in anywhere in the ballpark of anyone else's, mm-hmm. along with the premise of the show uh, not being done anywhere, anyhow. You know, there's all kinds of TV and movie review shows. But the way we do it isn't being done in any 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 close. It's not being done close to any kind of way by anyone else. So, we did a lot of research before we launched. I got to tell you, two t- two people talking into a microphone isn't exactly. Uh... We're not novel. We know we're not. <laughs> people listen to us because they just want to hear us. Yeah, but that's that's kind of what we go for as well. Is it's just uh, you know if you enjoy the time that you spend, then that's all we care it, about. It takes time, guys. You know our first few episodes. Me and Joe would joke and, you know, be like, hey, I think we have three fans now. Or last <laughs> week we had 12 listeners. You know, uh, it just takes time. You just got to be consistent and keep putting out content that, you know, and keep pushing your social media. You can never post enough content. Always post us. Yeah. Says the guy who t- can barely tell where we are. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to make you do where can we be found because okay. you screw it up every I screw week. it up every time. Uh, let's see. We're on we're on uh, Facebook as the Sock Drawer Podcast. There you go. Yeah, I, I I'm not even looking at you, but I know you're glaring at me like a hawk again. Okay. Uh, Twitter we're the Sock Drawer SD. Um, YouTube is Realm of the Mist. YouTube is Realm of the Mist. Uh, places like Pandora and Spotify are New Realm of the Mist. Anchor has Realm of the Mist. What's um, our web page? Our web page is the com. We actually have a web page now. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, it's a work in progress. Yeah, so, you did good. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else that Sockdrawer is on? You can uh, actually find us uh, through Facebook using hashtags. Yes. Yes, we have hashtag Ramble Rant. Hashtag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this one. My questions have backstories. And mm-hmm. crap, what's our other hashtag? Oh, no. Oh no, my perfect record is going to be broken. No. 
There's three. I know there's three. Okay, I can't remember. I can't even remember. <laughs> she can't remember it either. <laughs> it's not one of mine. <laughs> but anyway, Chris, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us. Uh, Appreciate it, guys. It was it was a lot of fun to uh, to talk and get to know you better. Um, I definitely yeah. want to check out a lot more of uh, Chris's content. Yes. Uh, um, so you guys are gonna drop this Monday. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. we're a Monday show. Okay, so uh, in between now and then, send me all of your tags so that way I can publish it on our group that I'm that we're appearing on your show, so that way you can get a whole lot of crossover. Okay? Oh, sure. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you probably don't need our help, you know, sending all your tags our way, man. We'll our thirteen listeners will we'll, love it. We'll hook you up, buddy. Yeah, we promise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. You have a wonderful day. And everyone listening, you have a wonderful week. We will see you on Monday. Done. All right. So, remember how to do this? That is no longer.